Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Things Nobody Tells You. You guys, it's been a second. We didn't have an episode yesterday and I apologize. I can't really announce through an episode that we're not having an episode if something in the emergency nature happens. My co-host is here. Say hi, Karma. Say hi. She said hi. Um, unfortunately, I had a very rough... Uh, few days and last week was very difficult and I got very sick and I actually lost my voice. So no voice equals no podcast. Um, and I'm sorry, I still sound very weird. I can hear it in my voice. So I apologize for today's episode. I wanted to make sure we got back on track um, and that everything remained uh, business as usual, but it's been a tricky few Honestly, it's been a difficult couple of weeks, um, but, you know, particularly the last few days, you know, when just everything kind of, you know, when it just becomes apparent that like certain things aren't going to work out and you were betting on them and now you need to find a place to just bet elsewhere and um, obviously being sick and dealing with a lot of big things has been difficult. So... It's been very emotional. It's been a very difficult few days, and that's just me kind of being ultra transparent with you. Um, but yeah, I I actually our Friday episode that was meant to come out, everything was delayed last week by like twelve hours because uh, they just weren't posting the episodes. I don't know what was wrong. So you never actually got a Friday episode either because it was recorded, but it never properly posted, and so. After Sunday it hit and it just, it never popped up. Um, we were like, okay, well, let's kind of scratch it and just move forward with business as usual on Monday. And unfortunately, I had no voice. So we could not. But we're here today. We're still okay. You know, we're all right. We're, we're alive. I have some caffeine and I've had a snack. So I'm not going to get too grumpy. I'm not going to get too grumpy. Um, I'm going to talk about something that I, last week and the week before I went to a lot of social events, um, for work. A lot of people in my life are like getting married or like, you know, there's like those birthdays, like there's like those, those after work events too happening. So I've had a lot of things to attend and I'm just going to make a bold statement. Okay. Men and dating and me meeting the people you're dating I have met probably seven of my friends new significant partners like they're not even serious some of them some of them are over the last month like I've met seven different they were dating all of them were dating men so I met seven new men in my friends lives and there's a consistent so there's a consistent theme the consistent theme I have noticed is like you can tell a lot about a man by how he interacts with your his person's female friends and the effort he will put in or the effort he will not put it um, to get to know that person. And I feel like it's very interesting. Um, I went about a month ago, I met my friend's new boyfriend their boyfriend girlfriend and he didn't ask me one question about myself to the point where I was like you actually never asked me my name so unless she told it to you you don't know it 
I asked you tonight. I was like, hi, I'm I'm I don't think he meant that I'm Lily. I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. What's your name? No, because it was the only reason I didn't know his name. I knew him as the nickname we gave him. So it like I blanked on it. And halfway through dinner, I like typed something on my phone and I showed it to my friend and she was like and then slipped his name into a sentence. I didn't know his name. So it's it's kind of like. Mm. I'm also the friend who if you're not boyfriend and girlfriend yet and you're in the dating stage and you haven't talked to me, I'll background check him. I'll background check him. I'm not going out with a stranger like I'm I'll background check them. If you haven't done it, I'll do it. Let's get the picture. I get my friend's blessing to do it, but I'll background check you. So I'm going into the meeting with some I'm going into this this business meeting with some information and I just, the consistent theme I noticed overall is just a lot of men, especially when they're in like the dating stage, not the boyfriend, girlfriend stage, but the dating stage, didn't care to get to know their friends, their, their, the person they're dating's friends. They did not care. They were very silent unless it was talking about them, unless it was referring to them. And it was just, a major ick like it was like I don't need to interrogate me but just like have a conversation and it's fine if you're like socially awkward and not good at it say that say like oh, I'm sorry I'm really bad with like social I like that's fine I would totally respect that I'll take control of the conversation I'm socially awkward too sometimes I say the most random things sometimes I tell you I ran a background check on you sometimes I get really weird that's not the issue it's just like it just seems like you don't care and I think there's like more of a consistent energy with men in their 30s where they don't know what effort looks like. And it's not cute. Put in effort. Like I'm not saying you need to do everything for women. I'm simple at all. Like that's not what I'm trying to get across. And I feel like I've said this multiple times and it's misread. I am telling you put in effort because you're taking our effort and the effort we're putting in as granted and not as appreciated and it's I mean it's something I've experienced in relationships too and I'm like no like absolutely not okay I'm gonna tell you a story about a fight I got into with an individual in my life where I said okay and honestly if this person is listening to this I'm really sorry but I'm gonna talk about this moment because quite frankly it was very funny it was very funny and I'm sorry if I don't have permission to talk about this, but it was my fault it came up. I said to this individual, if you could date me or Taylor Swift, who would you date? If Taylor Swift came up to you and was like, I want to date you, who would you date? And I was just being silly. But this is how you know you're starting your period, okay? When, just wait, okay? When he says, well, I'd have to think about it. Obviously, dumbest answer he could have ever given. Like, dumbest answer. Like, that's not the... Like, no one trained this one. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, no, no. The answer is always the girl you're interested in. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't care if it's, like... the I don't care if it's, like, the girl of your... It's the... You say the girl you're, you're interested in. You don't say the celebrity. And so... I wasn't expecting him to say that and I know he was being silly but it made me cry it made me cry and that's how you know you're getting your period but it made me cry yeah I think there's a lot of other stuff going on there too <laughs> but anyway he would rather date Taylor Swift you guys and I just feel like 
what do I do with that? <laughs> I say fine and keep it moving. I wish you all the best. I'm out. <laughs> you don't want to date me. You want to date Taylor Swift. I have a feeling she's not interested, bro, though. Just gonna just gonna say it like that. Okay. No, that really did upset me. <laughs> Looking back, it's really funny though. Anyway, okay. I've talked long enough. Let's dive into this week's episode. And speaking on the subject of Taylor Swift, let's start with her making every headline, every second video on my TikTok, all over Instagram, ESPN, NBC. Everyone is running with the headlines of her rushing the field after I don't think they call it rushing the field going on to the field after the game with the Chiefs and whatever team they were playing because I don't know what they were playing um and on the weekend and the Chiefs won so they're going to the Super Bowl and it was so it was very emotional for that reason and um Taylor going on to the field and everyone being like if they win she's not going on to the field that's a security risk I have to say, I have never respected her more than some of her behavior on that field with all that press. And if you don't know what happens in an American football game in big moments like this, like when you win the Super Bowl or when you're like win the spot to go to the Super Bowl or honestly in some other big, I don't know, games, the press rush onto the field to get the interviews. And it's basically like first they are first served run onto the field, get interviews, there's cameras everywhere, the teammates hugging each other, the wives get to come, and the girlfriends and the moms and the dads get to come onto the field, and they all have a moment together, and they just, like, kind of keep it moving, and, you know, the team owners and everyone, they're all out there, the coaches, everyone, they're all out there, and they just spend some time, they do some interviews, they just kind of keep it moving, and then they get off the field eventually. But there's a there's a chunk of time spent on that field. Um, she was so courteous to everyone. There's so many clips of her going viral on the internet. Like, this is arguably one of the most famous women in the world right now. And she... And she congratulated him. She had a moment with him. They were kissing. But they didn't make it a big spectacle. They just wanted to share a moment together. She didn't care that cameras were there. Like, I think at one point, allegedly, he pointed them out and was like, I don't want to do it. And she was like, I don't give a fuck. They were, it was very sweet and very endearing. And that's honestly what made the headlines, like, there, <laughs> those moments. However, like, she then hung back. She hung back. She got out of shots of him with teammates or her, his brother, and she was very respectful and kind and like letting him have his moment because she knows if she's in the background of anything, she pulls focus like she just knows this. So she really dipped out a lot. She was dipping out a lot. She was doing the right thing and just kind of hanging with his family, doing like really trying to make this moment about him, which when you are the most famous woman in the world is a very hard thing to achieve. And let me just tell you, Dr. Taylor Swift, you 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 accomplished it. You did a great job. And I applaud you. Props to Taylor for handling that. Like you've never dealt with a situation like that. And so I it props to her. Seriously. OK, moving on, you guys. This morning I sat my ass down and I listened to, for for this podcast, I listened to another podcast. If you don't know, uh, there is, he was in Bachelor Nation, like, it was The Bachelor at one point, I think, or just on The Bachelorette. I really don't remember. I don't follow Bachelor Nation. But his name is Nick Vile, and he has a very successful podcast called The Vile Files. You want to go listen to the most recent episode? Do it. He had on the two Toms from Vanderpump Rules, um, from the Bravo space, 
And the podcast, you guys, I only found out about it because of a clip on TikTok. I only found out it existed that way, which really does go to show like clips of podcasts on TikTok really do drive people to go listen to the podcast. Otherwise, I would have never known about it. Anyway, so the two Toms go, uh, Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz go on Nick Viles podcast, The Vile Files. And first of all, I had no intention of making this a news point today. And honestly, I, I really am. I mean, it's you guys, this man, I really thought, you know what? And just so we're all aware, this is not an ad that Vanderpump rules the new season, the, the, like the first episode airs tonight. So like, it's I really thought okay maybe he'll come in with some I didn't know he was he has a podcast honestly I don't think it's charting I don't think it's doing well because you don't see anything about it on social media and I think that's how you know if something is doing well if it's in the Bravo space and I haven't but then again I don't know he might it might just be like it doesn't pop up on my social media you know no I I hope I wish anyone who makes a podcast who is a good human being I hope that their podcast does really well because it's a lot of work with very little reward and it's free content there's no catch you know what I mean like for a listener so quite frankly I, I never want to bash anyone down in the space. It is incredibly hard, like arguably one of the hardest platforms to do well on. Um, I will say this. He had zero remorse on this podcast. Like, and Nick, I really was never a major Nick Vile fan just because like, I don't relate to anything he says. And honestly, he says some controversial things sometimes in my opinion. Um... But I don't, I've never really paid attention enough to him. I think his, are they married or engaged? Whoever he is engaged with and does the podcast with him, I love her. Her name is Natalie, I think. Oh my God, don't quote me on that. My brain is, might be malfunctioning. I love her. She is, she's young. She's like in her early 20s. I love her. She is such a beautiful energy. And she always calls out people like in a true, sincere way. I love her. Like he's so lucky to have her. Like I love her. Um, but I've never just, I mean, it might also just be because he's a male. Like, I just don't relate to you. So I don't really listen. I don't listen to male podcasts very much. And I'll listen to the Vile Files when they'll have a guest on I'm interested in. Uh, but I don't listen to it otherwise. Anyway, so I listened to this purely because I, so I could talk about it on here. And because there was some very controversial clips released about, and I love, and so this is to my point, I really loved how Nick went for the honesty and called BS on a lot of shit that was presented to him in this episode. And when I say Tom Schwartz was presenting what can only be described as you're clearly, you know, not going to allow anything negative to be misinterpreted, uh, misinterpreted about your friend, Tom Sandoval. And I feel like you would do a lot better if you stopped jumping in. It's like Tom is a sinking ship because he's sinking his own ship because he keeps saying things that are disrespectful to people. And Tom, the other Tom, jumps in to try and like float his ship a bit, you know, keep him above water, which I understand. He's your business partner. I get it. Like, honestly, I understand. But... I just feel like there w- I feel like Tom Sandoval had zero respect, zero respect for anything he was saying about anyone else. Very bitter. 
I think he um, he comes into the episode late, like he's late to the whole thing and then comes in, doesn't apologize. Like he's 45 minutes late. Like it's so fucking awkward. He comes in and is then and then they're like, why are you late? And they're like, who, me? He's like, who, me? I'm not mom. What are you talking about? Like and then is so vague, doesn't apologize. And Tom Schwartz is the one who's like, no, just apologize and move on. Like, apologize. And then Tom goes, fine, I'm sorry. Like, it was the most... I would have been so embarrassed if I was Tom Schwartz. Like, some of this guy's behavior, that's my business part. Not like saying Tom was embarrassed. Not saying Tom Schwartz was embarrassing. Saying Tom Sandoval's behavior was embarrassing. And it was just cringeworthy. The whole thing was cringeworthy. And, like... It Sandoval didn't look good. He didn't look good. He didn't come across good. It was very clear that he was not in a good mood that day because then he tried to flip it saying, Nick had done my podcast and you were late. You were late. And it was very clear. And then Natalie's like pulling out the evidence that he wasn't. Like I loved it. And like Nick is with a podcast production company so it's studio space that is owned by a production company where he records I'm assuming that's how it works and like there are other people there waiting like it's not just him and you know Natalie sitting there waiting like there's other people involved with recording with making sure everything runs smoothly like you're wasting a lot of people's time and I'm sorry but this is one of the most popular podcasts out there and you were late and his only excuse was I was hanging out with a friend and it was just like The fact he couldn't even apologize without the other Tom telling him to. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. I just feel like the level, I don't know what what it was about. And it wasn't recorded recently. It was recorded many weeks ago prior to the Emmys, actually. Um, so, like, his whole attitude was so disrespectful he didn't, it was so, it was really funny though. Like Nick, he'd be like, I've learned so much. And then Nick would be like, what have you learned? And then he like, wouldn't have an answer. (laughs) It was hysterical, you guys. It was so funny because he'd make a statement like that. Like I've changed so much. And then, and then Nick, Nick would be like, how? And then he'd be like, well, you just know I've changed. Like, like, it was actually pretty freaking funny. Like it was pretty amusing. I'm listening to it and I'm just going, oh, oh, what? Every like four seconds. Like those were the, I, or I was laughing. Like some of it was laughable. So honestly, if you want a little bit of entertainment and you are interested in that Scandival Bravo space, go, go take a listen to the episode. I'll, I'll shout out Nick's as long as it's not, you know, Tom Sandoval's podcast. I'll shout, I'll shout it out. So like, Go listen to Nick's Nick's um, podcast, most recent episode. The Vile Files is what it's called. Um, yeah, very, very not not a good episode for for Tom Sandoval. But Tom Schwartz actually came off decent. I think he has a long way to go in terms of like he's not a person you would want to have a podcast. Let me just say, Tom Schwartz is probably the guy who accidentally says things like "shit." I didn't mean that. Like I just like said words. It's not what I think or what I mean. So he he is that. And I think he's getting better at that. But like he's not the type of guy you would want to have a um, a podcast. I also think like he flip flops in between being supportive and really kind about his ex-wife, Katie, and then saying some really 
harmful, messed up things. And I think Katie Maloney is her name is a stand. She, I mean, yeah, she's, she said some interesting things. She's, she said some controversial things and she has definitely said some, um, not so great things to people. However, one thing you can say about her as I've watched her like develop on social media and through the show is she will learn from experiences and she will walk away from things that she knows are not good for her life and boundaries or something that's very important to her. So she has a new podcast out and I need to go listen to it. I haven't yet, but I'm going to look into it. Anyway, that is my scandal drama. So moving swiftly on, you guys, I saw the, I was growing through, I go through the headlines, everything to decide what we shall and shall not talk about on here and anything I feel like you guys would be interested in that I also am interested in is what I pick. There were the now the one person I will say that I have loved since I knew like saw her in the movies and loved till this day and I feel like has never changed is Jennifer Garner. I feel like she is an icon and I feel like she is one of the most kind wholehearted people in the entertainment space that like one of the only like genuine people and she really is a lovely human being and obviously her ex-husband is Ben Affleck right. So there were these paparazzi pictures, which, by the way, I think is so wrong that paparazzi can take pictures of children because her kids were in these pictures and they're still underage. They're not old. And um, I just think it's so wrong that I just I I know that Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell fought for a long time with the media about like keeping the privacy of children. So I don't understand what happened there or like what bill was or wasn't passed or like what the law is and how they handle it but I do know that like how I sorry not what I know but what I do feel is that children should be blurred in media pictures like their faces they should under no circumstances have like their face shown in pictures that's not right I just don't agree with that I think that's not that that that's a child that is a child I just don't agree with that. The child didn't ask for this. It's not their fault. They should not be involved and put in a vulnerable position like that because there are bad people in the world. And that's simply not okay. But beyond that, my point is there were these pictures and the headline for these pictures was essentially insinuating that Jennifer Garner was keeping her distance from clearly a a family outing with her kids, her ex-husband, and his new wife, which is Jennifer Lopez. And I think one of Jennifer Lopez's kids, like they were on a family outing, like they're a blended family. And all I have to say is like, that must be so hard, first of all, to get to a place where you're able to go to such a public family outing, like knowing you most likely, like that takes a lot of work with relationship dynamics and all this stuff. And it's like, the headlines that insinuate that it's not it pitting two women against each other is not cool. It's not cool. It's not okay. And I, the fact that it was like Jennifer Garner keeps her distance from wife Jennifer Lopez. No, they're going to two separate homes. They're getting in two separate cars. I just don't understand this pitting of women against each other. Like those are two fabulous women. 
Jennifer Garner has a special place in my heart because I gen I know she is a good human being. I have no thoughts on Jennifer Lopez. I don't know anything about her. But like I have on very close authority what a good human being Jennifer Garner is. And she's I, I think that just as her public image, she has always remained a very consistent, humble, grounded, honest, kind. She cares about the planet. She cares about the people on it person. And I think, you know, she's been through a lot of crap and she's like maintained that and is one of the most famous people on the planet for a long time and has maintained that. And I think that's, that's very hard to do. Not everyone could do that. And that's not, that's not simple. So I give her a lot of credit for being the human she is and maintaining such grace and headlines like that make me so mad. And I don't, here's the thing, like, it's like, am I part of the problem by perpetuating that and like relaying this information? Here's the thing. I would rather have it become a conversation that headlines like that are really not okay and use this as an example because it's already out there. And maybe start a bigger conversation and, and you know, it's conversations that lead to change. That's how it works. Anyway. I saw those the, that headline in those pictures and I was like, this is such this is such nonsense. Like, God, the amount they put up with is crazy. OK, I want to talk about something that we talked about last week that I feel like it's important that we retouch on. I think this news came out on Thursday or Friday. I think it was Thursday. So do you remember how we spoke about on a previous episode last week, how Alec Baldwin was indicted by a grand jury for I think it was don't quote me on this involuntary manslaughter. Um, because on the set of his movie Rust, where he was starring in it, the movie Rust, uh, the cinematographer, Helena Hutchins, was killed by a weapon used in the movie being incorrectly, I want to say, it. W I mean, it was loaded. Why the heck was it loaded in the first place? It should never have been loaded, to my knowledge. That is definitely not how this works. And incorrectly handled, used, fired during a rehearsal so I we talked about this we talked about the comings and goings of this whole tribulation because it, it, there has been a lot of information and who would be at fault now this is the interesting part so Alec Baldwin was in this is recent like he was indicted for involuntary manslaughter correct so he'll go to trial in in New Mexico for it so I'm gonna read to you what and this, this is a big deal. Like, this is the reason I'm touching on this, because I want to emphasize this is a huge deal that this group of people made this statement. And this group of people is the Actors Union. They criticized the New Mexico prosecutor's decision to charge Baldwin with involuntary manslaughter, again, for the accidental shooting, which took place in October of 2021. This is part of the quote. An actor's job is not to be a far firearms or weapons expert firearms are provided for use on set under the guidance of multiple expert professionals directly responsible for the safe and accurate operation of that firearm that is the parts of the quote um so sag after came to his defense stating kind of what i sort of talked about a perspective i discussed on the episode last week which was look I can, yes, this is awful. And this woman lost her life and this family lost so much through this incident. Incident, They lost 
There aren't words to describe what they have lost with her death. And there's not a however and there's not a but. The question simply is remaining, you know, is this the right person who was responsible for this incident? I mean, I guess that's why it's involuntary manslaughter. But it will be interesting to see the um, experts they call to the stand, the defense for this case, because the fact that the that SAG AFTRA made a public statement like that, like I can't emphasize what a big deal. So for them to make a bold statement like that is a big deal. And I applaud them for taking a stance, which is to protect actors. Like they should make that stance. Because in theory, it isn't his fault what happened with that weapon. Now, the question obviously is, you know, did that, you know, technically he was holding the weapon and it fired. I also think that there's a big discrepancy in like, he is stating to my knowledge, and this is alleged, that he didn't pull a trigger. So the the gun fired. So it is very much um, without the trigger being pulled. So it's very much a thing of the weapon itself and the handling prior at being put in Mr. Baldwin's hand being the reason the incident occurred. So there's going to be a lot of discussion, a lot of evidence, a lot of um, maybe, you know, weapons experts brought to the stand because this is going to, this is going to be a big deal because it's going to open up so many other people in situations that it, it's just going to open up the door for a lot of discussion about who is responsible for this. And quite frankly, this should be a warning to all actors to understand. It's like, look at this. Like, I don't care that it was Alec Baldwin. Imagine it was a no-name actor and this happened. You have to have an awareness of the responsibility that becomes upon you when you are handed a weapon on a set. Yes, I agree with SAG's statement a thousand percent. However, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that means that no, that's not a projection on the situation. I just agree with their statement. There are professionals on that set in these expert fields for a reason, and this is that reason. So these situations don't occur. The problem is these situations did occur. So did these people exist? Like the experts exist on this set? Like, what was the situation? That's going to be dived into. I'm sure a lot of stuff will be unfolded about. Um, so, you know, we have to wait for that. But, yeah, it, it should be a cautionary tale, I think, to actors who are involved in movies or TV shows where you are having a weapon placed in your hands. While, while you know, I still agree with SAG's statement, you have a level of responsibility to communicate with those experts And, you know, there is a level of responsibility, I feel like, that is looked over quite frequently by actors. And I say that as someone who is in that industry. So, uh, you know, it is it is a very cautionary tale that I that I can say for sure, for sure, for sure. Anyway, okay, you guys, I'm going to move on to our run from men segment. This blew my mind and it's not we're not running from a man technically in this episode. We're going to run from a woman. 
and I usually don't do this, but this was so interesting. I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. I had to talk about it. Okay. A California woman who stabbed her boyfriend 108 times is sentenced to probation and community service. This woman's name is Bryn. She's 32 years old. She avoided prison time. After being convicted, she was convicted, okay, which means the jury was like, yeah, girlfriend did it, okay, of involuntary manslaughter. In the 20, this happened, this crime happened in 2018, of stabbing her own boyfriend. His name was Chad O'Melia. He was 26 years old at the time, 108 times and he died. An expert at Bryn's trial testified that she was suffering from such a cannabis-induced psychosis at the time of the 2018 attack, and that's why the attack occurred. So basically, she took some hits of marijuana that, to my understanding from the press that has come out from this, that she was given by her boyfriend. Again, that's alleged. I don't want to make fact on that because some news sources say the incorrect things. Um, and that was the, the, the state, quote unquote, she was in and then turned around and stabbed him 108 times. And she was facing up to four years in prison for this. By the way, the fact that it's like up to four years in prison for involuntary manslaughter is that that's it. I don't know. That's the, I find the sentencing so interesting in this country. It's, it's a very mixed bag. Because um, I feel like people get more years for marijuana possession in certain states where it's not legal than or where it wasn't legal compared to like involuntary manslaughter. That means someone died. I don't know. It, it just really confuses me. Um, up to four years in prison for fatally stabbing her, her boyfriend. So she was facing up to four years for that. And then the judge turned around and was like, no, this is your sentence. You get two years probation and 100 hours of community service. I can imagine that this was maybe not what they, the family of Chad saw, the, the man who passed away saw coming because this case wasn't really in the headlines and it was the, the sentence that made it take over the headlines. Um, and I, I do wonder, like, I'm not saying which way she should have gone to jail, she shouldn't have gone to jail, but I feel like this is so unheard of. And it does make me wonder if there was evidence presented in that trial that heavily insinuated other things going on in the relationship or insinuated that it really was a situation of psychosis and she shouldn't be put in prison for it. I don't know. I would be so interested to know because the sentencing is so different than anything you really see happen in this situation, especially in the U.S. So... It really made headlines, you guys. I don't know. Write in. Let me know what you think about it. But she must be very relieved to not have to go to prison. Also, like, you have to think about this. Like, this is me not really knowing anything about it. No matter who you are, you smoke marijuana and then you kill someone like your boyfriend by stabbing them 108 times. You're not getting off scot-free. You have to live the rest of your life knowing you did that and mentally like they've already lost like they they already have to go on living with that and deal with that so whether you're in prison or out of prison like 
this person is not walking away unless they're a sociopath, but I don't think that's a situation here, um, is walking out of this situation, out of this ordeal that's been going on for years. Like this happened in 2018 and this sentencing just happened this past week. So this has been years of not knowing what's going to happen and having to deal with it. And it's still very active in your life. Like it's, it's horrible. Like it must be horrible. And that's not me saying that she isn't responsible, but it is such a bizarre case. And I think the only takeaway I can say for fact is like, you need to be aware of the things that you smoke and you take. Because if she hadn't have done it, this man wouldn't have lost his life. And honestly, that's her responsibility. She smoked that marijuana. And whether it was laced with something, I don't know. But this just seems like such a crazy psycho. Like, I, I'm sure this expert went into how that can work. Um, how you can go into a psychosis through cannabis. I don't know how that works. I would be interested to know. But it really does go to, go to show like different drugs affect people differently and you never know what is laced and you never know how your body and your brain are going to react to things and she was in a safe space and doing this drug and it still ruined her life in many ways it did ruin her life you know so it is it is one of those and it took the life of another person so I feel like the message should be Please understand what you're doing and please understand what you're putting in your body and don't just think selfishly. Think about the fact that if you're around other people, you could potentially harm them and it's not worth it for you to be high. It's just not. It's not under any circumstance and I'm going to stand up by that statement. So I think there's something to be said about that in this scenario. Anyway, that's the run from not men today. And I just thought it was it was wild that I had to share it with you guys. Anyway, please write into the Buckle Up hotline or call into the hotline. The phone number is in the description below or write in. You guys, I did a whole episode the other week just on your buckle ups because they were crazy. Um, please, please, please write and call in with your buckle up. It remains completely anonymous. I would love to hear from you. I need to know. I need to know what's up. Please send it in. Tomorrow we're doing our niche episode. I'm excited. It's going to be a good one. And that's it for today. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Hit the subscribe button so you're notified when a new episode comes out. And you don't have to go looking for it. Hit the review button because it helps me out. And hit five stars because you like me. (laughs) Anyway, as always, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But you'll be fine because that gives you a lot of wiggle room anyway. I love you all and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.